We welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. So in order to keep our faith intact, we must rid ourselves of faith inhibitors. This is why it's good to go on a fast every now and then and turn everything off. Good to get away from everything that is against your faith. And some stuff, when you go on a fast from it, don't go back to it. I'm not going to cuss for 10 days. Why do people do that? 10 days, I ain't going to cuss. I'm getting closer to the Lord for these 10 days because I need him to do something for me. So for 10 whole days, whole days. Oh, but on that 11th day, you better not make me mad. Because I'm going to have 10 days worth of stuff. Store it up to say. I never understood that. People say that. Doc, I ain't getting drunk for a whole 23 days. So, what about day 24? Well, we'll we'll, we'll discuss that after the fast. (laughs) Brother, you're not... (laughs) It doesn't... Look at somebody say it don't work like that. Amen. Some of this stuff you need to quit doing anyway. Amen. Amen. You know, sin don't have to be in your repertoire. You can... Look at somebody say, you can be delivered. 2 Corinthians 6 and 14, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with un... This is not just talking about being married to them. I hear people say that all the time. But brother, that's the marriage scripture. It just said, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. It didn't say married, be married to an unbeliever. It just said yoked together. You know, I deal with that all the time in the music industry. These gospel artists yoked to Snoop Dogg. You know, when you go sign a contract together, you yoke together. Ain't that what you do with a marriage? Don't you sign a certificate? So you signing a contract or a covenant agreement to be yoked with someone with someone. Amen. That could be natural and spiritual. So it doesn't have to be just a married person. You don't need to be yoked together with unbelievers, period. Well, Jesus hung out with us. First of all, did Jesus ever hang out, period? He didn't hang out with the with the same folks. Jesus wasn't hanging. I guarantee you, when we ask him in glory, did you ever hang with anybody? He goes, I, I don't know what that means, son. <laughs> no, I have never done that. Hanging. Jesus wasn't hanging out with the sinners. Sinners was coming to him for information that they couldn't get anywhere else. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship hath righteousness with the unrighteous? What communion hath light with what? Darkness. So if somebody is in darkness, what communion do you have with that person? You shouldn't even have enough in common to keep them around. Can I keep preaching in here? Faith inhibitors are things that hinder our faith, cause us to doubt God. God tries our faith, but he never hinders it. Why would God hinder your faith? God don't test you like that to make you quit. No, his trials, he said his yoke is easy. And his burdens, that's stuff you doing to yourself. Amen. Yeah. Faith inhibitors hinder, can hinder 
our faith, but they, but God is not going to ever cause us. He's not going to put something before you to make you fall. Now unto him that is able to what? Yeah, God ain't tempting you with lust. Uh, let me make him lust right here to see if he's strong enough to handle this buxom woman that's coming up the street. God ain't trying. Why would God tip? Why would he test you like that? <laughs> Did I say buxom? <laughs> God is not testing you like that. Oh, every movie I watch, Mars chestnut shirt is off. Oh, Lord, but I know that's just a test from you. I can handle it. And he like 65. Now it's time to put a shirt on, brother. Your shirtless days are over. <laughs> God is not tempting you or testing you. God does not test you with sin. Let me say that again. God does not test you with sin. Amen. So he's not trying to test you to see if you can make it through sin. God tries our faith, but he never hinders our faith. His tests never contradict his precepts or his principles. So any test God lets come through, it's not going to interfere with truth that he's already spoken. James 1 and 13 says, let no man say when he is tempted or when he's tempted, I am tempted of God. For God can, look at somebody say cannot. He cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. God is not putting evil in front of you. Amen. Faith inhibitors usually come in the form of people that should not have a presence in your life. You know, we choose friends. We choose people that we put in our lives. Don't we? Yeah, we choose them. Now, how many folks have you prayed, should this person be in my life? That's the question. That's when God starts moving folks. But you, you, you picked your friends. Now, some of them may have been from the Lord. Some of them may have been good for you. Some of them may have been from Satan. And you still befriended them. Without, you should have asked God about it. Hey, are y'all awake today? All right. Yeah, folks, see, when you start coming for the friends, that's when they get quiet on you. Some folk want to, you know, well, I don't sin, but my friends do. <laughs> Amen. When we constantly allow unbelievers access to our minds and our hearts, it's going to birth what? It's going to birth what? So it's going to challenge your faith. Your faith in God is going to be challenged when you put faithless people in your life. People that don't believe what you believe in your life, it's going to always challenge your faith. Amen? See, and we got to watch this because people, they, they mistake certain things for tests and trials, and they don't understand these aren't tests and trials. These are things you keep doing. Some of these folks you got in your life, they... they they were no good when you met them. 
Then when they go crazy on you, oh, see, this is a test. No, they was, they've been crazy. But a lot of this stuff we're trying to blame on test and go. Now, don't get me wrong. The Bible says all things work together for good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. So when you go through things, we, we learn. We learn from doing the fool sometimes. But that don't mean God is putting the fool in front of you to choose. Amen. I'm going to make you responsible for your decisions at ABC. Amen. We ain't believing that stuff is just... Uh, amen. You're going to be responsible for your decision. The folks you put in your life, you're going to be responsible for that. Amen. And you know, some people are in your life for seasons. But when the season is up, you better know it. Don't you keep nobody around long past their season. Amen. When it gets cold and you wear a coat, when it starts getting hot, you got to take the coat off, don't you? The season has changed. You'll burn up and look ridiculous. <laughs> Amen. So don't keep folks in other seasons. You know, folks, sometimes they have a season, but some, some people should not, just should not be in your life. When we constantly allow unbelievers access to our minds and hearts, it'll birth unbelief in us. Matthew 7 and 6 says, give not that which is holy unto the what? Unto the dogs. Neither cast your pearls before what? Swine, Pete, you arguing with swine. No good from the flow up, and you arguing and debating. Won't you use that on somebody and win them to Christ? Why are you always arguing with people that will never change? By the time you finish arguing, you asking questions. Well, what, I mean, what color was Jesus, Pastor? Who you been talking to? You picking your fro out now, and wearing an onk to service well they said that this is a cross but give not that which is holy under dog neither cast your pearl before swine lest they trample them under their feet and then turn again and rend you you done gave them your stuff and now they, they, they're trampling on their feet and they're coming back for more amen keep the Amen. Keep the unbelievers out your life. And when I say unbelievers, I'm not talking about just unsaved folks. I'm talking about folks that don't believe in living right. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's an unbeliever. They don't believe living right is required. Look at somebody and say, but keep the faith. It's hard to maintain a strong level of faith around doubters. It's hard to maintain a strong level of faith. Not impossible, but it's hard. So if you surround yourself with people that can't encourage you and can't and don't believe, you are going to struggle in your faith. Yeah, our society now is full of people that suffer from depression. Anxiety, depression, just down and out. I mean, just boots and an overcoat all the time. It's like, what is wrong with you? Well, look at what they're listening to. Look at who they surround themselves with. Look whose opinions matter to them. If they can't encourage you in the faith, then they're going to tear you down and weaken you. And your faith is going to be tested. People that are not in sync with your beliefs will always create doubt. There's some things you would believe in God for and got around the wrong folks. 
There are some things that people planted seeds of doubt in your mind and changed your mind from, and changed your focus from what God had for you and what God was speaking. 1 Corinthians 15 to 33. Do not be deceived. Bad company does what? It does what? Ruins. 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 Good morals. So if you hang around people whose morality is corrupt, it's going to change you. You know, you can hang around folks that cuss all the time. Man, as soon as you get mad, you be trying to catch it, bring it back. No, it's too late. You said it now. The Bible says bad company does what? It does what? Ruins good morals. Surrounding yourself with people that trust in God and can strengthen your faith is what? It's necessary to keep your hope. Yeah, that's why we have a, that's what the fellowship is for. Having people to strengthen your faith. That's why you married a saved person. Yeah, when you got down, they encourage you. That's why you're at a fellowship, so you can be encouraged. You can surround yourself with people that trust in God, but don't just let the church be the only time you see saved people. Every party you go to is secular. Every event you go to, everybody's unsaved. But then come in church and wonder, Lord, why is it so hard to live right? It's not that hard to live right. Whenever you just wake up every day and like, man, this, Lord, I don't know if I can make this journey. That means you got stuff in your life that need to go. You carrying too much. Amen. If sin is always on your mind, then that means sin is around you somehow. You can't be around the holiness of God and still harbor sin all the time. You'll, eh, thank you. Who clapped? Give him some money. That, that'll tell the story. You always down and out and down trotting. That means that everything, something around you is not agreeing with you. Surrounding yourself with people that trust in God and can strengthen your faith is necessary to keep your hope intact. Proverbs 27 and 17 says, iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the what? Countenance of his friend. And we have a lot of people, I get emailed all the time, people struggling to keep the faith, but they're not putting things in their life to push their faith. We are encouraged and recharged by the testimonies of faith that we see and hear from those around us. And that don't mean we have in testimony service. Amen. You got to have some friends. Amen. I don't believe in testimony service. That's Russian roulette in church. <laughs> Instagram has shown us not to ever do that. You can't hand the mic to just anybody the mic really and you can tell the way they looking when they walk up there that they about to just do something that they should not do y'all <laughs> turn the mic off 
Amen. We're not doing that. But your friends can encourage you with testimonies of how they overcame. Things they went through. When their marriage was shaky, how they fixed it so yours can be fixed. When their finances were shaky, how God helped restore them and now they can help restore you. Those are the testimonies. Amen? That's how we encourage and recharge one another with our testimonies of faith. People that believed until it happened. Is it really faith if you don't believe until it happens? Think about it. The evidence of things not seen means that there's evidence has to be there at the end of it. That's what evidence is, right? Amen. Those of you that have criminal records, you know what evidence is. <laughs> That's what got you in trouble. <laughs> evidence. <laughs> See, some folk, you got to break it all the way down because they understand it. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's what evidence is. But yeah, so there has to be some kind of proof or evidence at the end. So that means that you keep faith until it happens. If you give up before it happens, did you ever have faith? No, it's not faith if you give up on it. We're getting a divorce, Pastor. Really? I thought you was praying for God to fix things and restore. I did. You, you prayed for God to fix it, but now you're getting a divorce? Well, he didn't fix it. I mean, it, is he still God? Yeah. Are you still living? Then why would you pray for him to fix it, but not let him fix it? You know, what, you know what the real answer is. I'm just tired of waiting. So you're giving up. So why did you pray in the first place? I mean, I thought I'd give God a chance to try. <laughs> so you're God and he's not. Yeah, you, you look at somebody and say, you hang in there. You hang in there to the end if that's what you're praying. How you going to come to me and put a time limit on God? I've been praying. Well, wait until he finished. I mean, I am waiting. I did. No, they say I did wait. You, you did wait, 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 wait. See, if waiting is waiting, then how did you did wait? You would still be in the waiting if you waited. You'd like still be waiting because it hadn't happened yet. So in between the prayer and it happening, all of that is waiting. So, at what point did waiting stop? You can't jump in and say, that's it, right here, waiting stops. Then you didn't wait. <laughs> Folks, man, and they come to you for counseling and say this stuff. Man, I even want to throw stuff at folks sometimes. It's like, brother, you ain't making no sense. Man, you don't understand. You just, brother, just wait. If you're going to wait, if you're going to have faith, then wait on the evidence of it coming true before you give up on the faith, because that's in the definition of faith. But when, Lord, when? 
If you're having faith, then the wind don't matter. <laughs> faith is, look at somebody saying, faith is faith. And, and how you know you're not in the trying of your faith period? See, that's the part. I mean, he said you have to draw nigh unto him. And then he will draw nigh unto you. Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and ye shall find. He ain't open the door until you do what? Knock and the door. So you make an approach to him. And that requires your faith. Amen. First Thessalonians 5 and 11. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and do what? Edify who? So you got to keep people around that you can benefit from. Ain't nothing wrong with it. I'm telling you now, I use all y'all. Every Sunday, I use y'all. Y'all all getting used. All of you. I'm using everybody in here. I'm using your energy. I'm using your strength. I'm using your facial expressions when I'm preaching. And you cool with it because you're benefiting too. We all benefit. Ain't nothing wrong with benefiting from a friendship. I don't want a friendship I can't benefit from. What are you saying? I got married for benefits. If I, can't be oh, if I can't benefit from it, what are we doing here? What's wrong with benefiting? It's an even exchange. So I don't want nobody in my life that's just pulling me down and just a raggedy mess. Bro, no, man, I'm trying to, I'm trying to go somewhere. I need you pulling me down every time you call. Ugh. Man, I'm sick of that. You ever see those when you look at the phone? Oh, you make a noise. Nobody even around and you still make a noise. You have to let it out. Oh, oh. Then you start talking. Nobody have to be around. What she wants. Oh, oh, get on my nerve. Oh. Hey, hey, girl. <laughs> don't think we doing it. We, men don't do that. We look at it like, oh, no, I, I'm just not going to answer it. I don't like him. I ain't answering. But women, oh, oh, oh. hey, girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's about time man if you 28 29 it's time to let go of some of the high school I don't, even, I don't care if you went to the prom with them it's time to cut them loose if they ain't benefiting you all the hand claps standing out folk get on Facebook you know it was created for that to connect with everybody and man you can't connect with everybody you used to know some of them folks are heathens and every time you connect with him, you start doubting your own marriage. That's the devil. Y'all was doing good until she showed up. Until he showed up. Now you doubting whether or not, I don't know, I don't know, maybe. And this is what they always say, and this makes me want to choke. I, I really want to choke them. God has to help me. I mean, I got married young. Like, I miss stuff. I got married too young. We got married young. Like, that's a problem. Like, so if you hadn't got married young, 
things would be different now? I mean, what are you saying? That's what it is. We just got married young, and you know, we... You couldn't have lived in the medieval times. <laughs> they got married at 13. 13, the boy had a job and a wife. You got to get on your little horse and get out there. <laughs> your mini javelin and get out there and fight. <laughs> yeah, so folks now, that's the first thing they do. When they want, man, I mean, we just, our marriage ain't working, man. I mean, what do you think is the problem, man? We, we, got, we just got married real young. And then it's the one I hate, too. I mean, we just got married because she got pregnant. So before she got pregnant, did you like her? You liked her enough, didn't you? Take that prior to marriage like and stay with that. It's relative anyway. You decide to like them. Some stupid excuses, but they be watching them Tyler Perry movies. That's what it is. Because he's the queen of drama. Yeah, that's all you, you just got to have some drama. Watching all the reality and I, you're just trying to do, that's not reality. Got married young. So what? Good you got married young. That means you can be together longer. I married her because she was pregnant. You were supposed to. You knock up, you better put something on it. Pay for it, take care of it, and love it for the rest of your life. Like it took you 10 years to figure out you want somebody else. 15 years. You done wasted this woman's 15 years of her life, got kids, to decide you got married too young. But, but now you old. You're only going to be as good as the people you surround yourself with. So be brave enough to let go of those who keep weighing you down. That's what God wants you to do. The Bible gives examples of men of faith for a reason. This cloud of witnesses is necessary to encourage us and then show us the impossible can be what? Possible through God. So the Bible illustrates this and shows us examples that we can draw from to show us that we can do it. God said, get away from them folks. All, all them folks you grew up with, all of them, because I got something better for you. Oh, Lord, that's so hard. Well, then read what Abraham did. He couldn't father the new nation until he gave up the old nation. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what they're there for. They're there to show you that when there's no way or things look hard, they're not impossible through God. Amen? Mark 9 and 23 said, Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, how many things are possible? All things are possible. Unbelievers can only promote themselves and their own abilities. They flourish by luck and chance. Oh, I'm not living by luck Oh, my God. You're living by luck? You're rolling the dice to see how things are going to turn out? I'm not doing that. You know, some people do that, and they live in denial. They won't deal with nothing, won't deal. Just, just, just hope that it'll work out. Man, I want to deal with it. What happened here? Let's deal with this so we can make it better for the next generation. Let's go on and talk about it. What are we talking about? 
it ain't going to be about luck and chance, man. I'm not sitting up with my arms folded just watching things happen. I'm going to be proactive and make sure it turns out God's way. I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to pray about it. And then I'm going to do what I'm responsible for. Amen. I'm not just sitting back and hoping for the best with my fingers crossed. Luck and chance. Really? I'm not taking no chance that my kids going to grow up right. I'm going to get in there and make sure they, I, I, I can help assist them growing up right. Amen. If my kids hate church, I'm not just going to pray in secret about that. I'm going to find out what about church do they hate. Proactive. I'm not living by luck and chance. I'm going to have the faith to believe that if I serve God, he'll show me what I need to do. Amen. But the world can't do that. They flourish by luck and chance. They, folks try to get famous just to get rich so they can be rich and famous. And it's luck and chance to be famous because there's millions of folks in front of you that will do anything, stuff that you wouldn't do for that same fame. So that means you got to do what they do plus. I'm preaching in here. Yes, I'm not doing all that, man. I had chances to do that. I could have got famous, but man, I'm not, I'm not going gay. I'm just not. I came out all right. I look at some of my friends. I, I'm walking different than y'all. Some folk just went gay to get rich. Man, I'd be poor. Poor and straight. Amen. Poor and upright. God don't like nothing that ain't upright. I'm upright. No flex and bend in me. Amen. They flourish by luck and chance. There is no faith required when you live by chance. So when you live by luck, it doesn't require faith at all. And I hate when these folks try to give credit to God for something that was, you were lucky. You won a Grammy and oh, thanks to be to God. God didn't help you win a Grammy. Revelation 3 and 17 says, because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and I have need of nothing. He said, don't you know you're rich, miserable and poor, blind and naked? Meaning you're trash and you think you're something. In other words, God is saying, I didn't give you any of that. Look what you had to do to get it. How are you going to sell God out to get something and then try to give him the praise for it? Oh, thank God for opening up the door so Snoop Dogg could call me. He caught me. Do you know they on the internet saying that? Just out of nowhere, the phone just rang. And I just couldn't believe it. I just said, hello. Hey, what's going on, Jack? It was Snoop. God opened the door. Opened the door that the devil couldn't close. This doubt and fear that unbelievers harbor will hinder our faith if we keep them close to us. This is why we must surround ourselves with what? True believers. This is why we must surround ourselves with true believers. First Corinthians 5 and 11 says, now I've written unto you not to keep company if a man that is called a brother saying he's your brother, but if he be a fornicator practicing fornication, covetousness, idolater, railer, drunkard, or an extortioner, he said with such a one, you can't be friends. So you can't be friends with them. Matter of fact, don't even eat with them. But I'm trying to help him. No, he's already helped. He says he's helped. 
He says he's a brother. Mm-mm. That's one of them hard sayings. <laughs> yeah, he already claiming that he's a brother. So what you going to help him with? He's claiming he's a brother, but he's practicing a lifestyle of these other things. Oh, let me go move forward. Now, that's, it's getting too hard. But that's what I'm saying. This is how it's written right in the Bible. He said, don't keep, look at somebody say, don't keep company. Remember when your mama, your own mama, tried to keep you from playing with certain kids in the street. Certain kids in the block, soon as they came outside, your mama called y'all in. Food ready. <laughs> Mama's 3 p.m. Food is ready. <laughs> Get in here. She's trying to protect you. They know that little boy got problems. Or Uncle Ray Ray out there playing football with all the little boys, and he's 40. Bring the football in. Bring the football. Why is he out there playing with the little kids all the time? Your parents protect you from certain people when you were growing up. They didn't want you playing with certain people. You know, I and mean, it's getting harder and harder for that now because so many parents, both parents are working. Nobody can keep an eye on the children. You know, that's why we try to provide the homeschool and different things so that somebody can always be with them. Because now in today's time, you got to always be with them. Because all it takes is a split second for them to see something that they shouldn't have seen. Oh, yeah, I don't want to hear this. Folks don't want to hear this. No, ain't nobody think about this. No, no, let's don't think about that. That, that. That's no big deal until it's too late. It's hard to watch them now with social media and phones and junk. Hey, man, it used to just be a, a look out the window, a lurk. That's that little boy that switched when he walked. You can't play with him no more. Remember that? That's the way they described it, too. No, he be switching when he walks. But God does the same thing. He separates us from them, from people that we shouldn't be around. He'll tell you, get rid of them. Anybody ever heard God say, get rid of them? And it hurts your heart because you're like, but Lord, that's my ace boon coon. Yeah, that's my, that's my dog. He saved my life. Dudes rolled down on us, man. I just, it's just like it was yesterday, man. I was laying in the back of the El Camino, and he was driving. And man, them dudes came with them Uzis. Man, if he hadn't turned. <laughs> was that his car? Well, yeah. Was that his heist? Well, yeah. Then he didn't save your life. He put your life in danger. He endangered you. <laughs> Why every time you got around him, bullets rained? God don't even have to tell you to get away from him. Bullets ought to tell you. But God tries to protect you from people that should not be in your life. You get married, you got to change a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, see, I could stay right there. I could stay right there. You a married woman, all them single friends got to go. Uh-oh, see, they just got to go and they have to deal with it. I can't hang out with a bunch of single friends as a married woman. Can't hang out as a, as a married man with a bunch of single brothers. They have different desires. Ooh, look at that girl over there. Man, you know I can't look. <laughs> then why did you come? We're at Hooters. 
Amen. But you got to let them go. Hang around some married people. You come talk to me. That's the first thing I'm going to tell you. Brother, you're married now. You need to hang around married people. You need to hang around couples. Sister, you need to hang around. Some, I know that's your road dog. She hung out with you all them years when you didn't have nobody. But now you got somebody. And you can't take away from his. Can I pre- People don't like these, man. It's too basic. But you have to do that or you're going to get in trouble. You need to be around folks that's like you. You're an older brother. You need to be around brothers your age. You can't be 40 hanging out with the 20-year-olds all the time. These dudes keep me young, man. They keep me young. No, they don't. They're 20. Stand up all night on the video game. You falling asleep. Oh. Trying to play Fortnite. You 40. Oh, oh. Brother, won't you just go on and go home? No, nah, man. I'm lit. It's good. We good. Like, come on, man. Let's play again. Brother, go home. Why the old dude? Amen. Hey, we don't do that. No, you hang out with folks your age, with your experiences. Same with women, too. Amen. Your best road dog don't need to be half your age. Something wrong with that. The love of the world is the greatest obstacle of faith. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, pride of life, is the enemy of our faith in God. When we are bombarded with the things of the world through carnal people, we will begin to desire the things of the world, and our faith will be what? That's all they're going to do is make you desire the world. You're going to start, man, you were doing so good in church. You were doing God so good in Christ. Now, all of a sudden, you need attention. You need your ego massaged a little more. You need somebody to notice you. Now, the things of God aren't doing it for you anymore. You need things of the world, too. We can believe God for things in his will, but it becomes hard to even recognize his will when we are inundated with what? Worldly desires will confuse you to the point to where you think worldly desires are God's will for you. The enticement of the world and worldly people works against us and will diminish our faith. Faith in God requires self-denial, but the world promotes what? Self-fulfillment. Worldly people plant seeds of doubt in us to make us question our faith and trust our own plans. In order to truly keep a strong level of faith without doubt and fear, we must be fortified by like-minded believers and the testimony of God's cloud of witnesses that never gave up. Amen? Oh, I love this passage in Hebrews. Paul talking about the great cloud of witnesses, and he had already named the big ones, the, the Moses, the Abraham, and, you know, uh, Enoch, and all of these. But in Hebrews eleven thirty two, he starts naming, you know, the, the, the lesser names or whatever. He says, what shall I, I, I more say? He's like, I don't even have nothing else to say after I've named all these folks. He said, for the time, would, time would fail me to tell you about all the great things God did through these men of faith. He said, time will fail me to tell you of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Japheth and of David also and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith 
What did they do? They subdued kingdoms. They wrought righteousness. They obtained promises. Stopped the mouths of lions. Quenched the violence of fire. Escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Waxed valiant in fight. Turned to flight the armies of the aliens. The women received their dead raised to life again. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. They didn't even ask for deliverance. They just said, to God be the glory. That they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yet moreover of bonds of imprisonment. You over here praying for money? Are you crazy? They were stoned. They were sawn asunder, were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world wasn't even worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, they didn't even receive the promise that you have right now. But God haven't provided something, a better thing for you. All of this happened to make it better for you. Now you can sit up in an air-conditioned building. Lift your hands when you feel like it. Give him glory and praise because you feel good. You don't have to worry about a sword waiting for you outside the door. You go get in a good car. Go to a nice house. Put on nice clothes. All because these provided some better thing for us that they without you should not be made perfect wherefore seeing we are also compassed about with such a great crowd of witnesses let us lay aside what <laughs> i mean the least you can do is get rid of them corrupt folks in your life the least you could do is lay that aside after this way has been paved for you by the deaths and the martyrs of many lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is what? Set before us. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124, or donate online at exministries.com.